I'll be taking my text from a from St. Mark, chapter 4, verse 39. We've been hearing this verse a lot lately, the, the whole story, actually. I'm going to take one verse, though. And he arose, this is Jesus, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. A lot of sermons get preached from this particular subject. I'm going to focus on the storm. Probably not as popular as some of the other options that are out there. I don't necessarily, we don't want to focus on storms. Don't get me wrong. We're always encouraged never to look at our circumstances because those can get pretty large and can cause us to be concerned. And we're, we're going to focus on maybe the possible purposes of these storms that come our way and how we might be better prepared for them. We, we read that Jesus calmed the storm. And, you know, the first question we always ask is, why doesn't he always calm the storm? Storms come our way. Difficulties come. Why doesn't he just take care of it? You know, we take it to the Lord. Why doesn't he just calm the storm for us? It doesn't always happen. Well, we know that the word says that it rains on the just and the unjust. We all have difficulties, regardless of whether we're saved and a Christian or just walking in this world haphazardly. Most of us, if we had our way, uh, we'd just prefer the storm never came. Amen? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, but we know that doesn't happen. If you've lived for very long, the storms will come. But there are promises that we can stand on. Uh, we do know that the Word says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We can stand on that. It also says that He will be with us, that He won't let the floods overflow us. He won't let the fire kindle upon us. So He goes through these storms with us. We have someone to hold on to and to, to look to. There's a song in Sunday school that we're taught that sometimes we should probably rehearse even when we're older. With Jesus in the boat, we can smile in the storm. There's something to be said for that. Uh, that might uh, be difficult for us to do sometimes, but that speaks volumes to the world. It speaks volumes to those who aren't Christians. That's what brings the questions. How can you smile when you're going through this? It's not in ourselves. We know that the Lord is the one that helps us do that. But we know the storms will come. But there are, there are two, two outcomes that have to occur in order for these storms in our lives to, to have any purpose at all. One is that God needs to receive the glory. If God doesn't receive the glory, uh, we're, not, we're not approaching these situations the proper way. And, and this is importantly, uh, we and others should benefit spiritually from them. For us, it might be a growing process, an opportunity to grow. Isn't that great? That we, we always look for those, don't we? We look forward to that. 
Here, here's another opportunity to grow. Next time you, you know, that thing hits, you just that's the way you can look at it. I mean, we all love going to school, right? Looking for ways to learn. But the more, even more importantly, it's an opportunity to win souls for Christ. When they see how we hold on to the Lord and how we are able to endure the storm and come out the other side. We have some examples of how storms can be used. I'm going to start in uh, Matthew. And we're going to look at chapter 14. Matthew 14. Starting at verse 24. 1424. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Peter. We love Peter. Bold and outspoken Peter. Walking on the water. Until he recognized, he did what we, I just said we shouldn't do. He started focusing on the storm. But he, he needed a check in his life. A check on his pride. He needed to realize that he needed help. It was, he, this was not something he could do on his own. And he, realized, he needed to realize that his help could only come from one source. And that was Jesus Christ. God received the glory. And Peter benefited spiritually. And so did the others. You know, the whole, everyone in that boat saw what happened. Everyone in the boat saw Peter walk on the water and then not. And when they got to the boat, we saw a calm, a sudden calm. Acts 27. Acts 27, starting at verse 20. This is Paul. And when neither sun nor stars and many days appeared. You ever been through one of those kinds of storms? It gets dark. You don't see a way out. The hope begins to dim. That's where Paul was here. No small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. I thought that was interesting. Be of good cheer. Hope is lost. You should have done what I said, but be of good cheer. Amen. 
For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there, sh- for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. There's 276 on this boat. It's not a little boat. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Very specific. You, you, you get some very specific things here as you see what Paul shares with these men. So we go to verse 39. And when it was day, they knew not. Now this has been four, this is like 14 days later. And when, when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder, rudder bands, and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped safe to land. Nobody perished. God's promise was sure. Those on the boat and those in charge of those on the boat, they heard what God had told Paul. Paul assured them what would happen, and it happened. God got the glory. How about Jonah? Jonah 1, verse 7. We've got another storm again. And, and Jonah's on a boat, and he's not supposed to be on the boat. If we know the story, Jonah's not supposed to be on this boat. He's going the opposite direction God asked him to go. So everyone else on the boat saying, who's caused this problem? And they said, everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? Now we've got, we've got, a, we've got a lot of questions to answer here. He's, he's obviously in big trouble. And, um, and he said unto them, I am in Hebrew... I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because that's what he told them. Then he said unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard 
to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous amongst them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord. Look what's happening now. The men of the ship are seeking the Lord. How about that? We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon, upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it, done as it has pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Who got the glory there? Even with a disobedient prophet. Amen? Amen. God must get the glory. Eventually, Jonah benefited. Took him a while. But we find that he eventually experiences God's grace and does what he's supposed to do. You know, sometimes the storms don't feel like they ever stop. It can be uh, very discouraging. I, I've, the, I look at our weather we've been having recently, which is just uh, interesting, to say the least. And uh, I, I heard it pouring down rain in the middle of service tonight even. But did you enjoy Thursday? Well, it was Thursday, right? It got 70-something degrees. The sun was shining. Did you appreciate that? Did you appreciate it more than usual? Maybe just a little? You know, when we're going through things, uh, the Lord will sometimes provide a respite. It might only be a few hours, maybe a day. But aren't, you, aren't we thankful when God gives us a break once in a while, even when we're going through those hard times? Uh, that, that's not an accident. Uh, the, the Lord is so gracious uh, to, to help us in those times and to provide that respite that we need. Uh, we, we also know that God, we've heard this many times, God is always on time. He's always on time. And, and we, we, it's very easy for us to start to worry and complain and look at the watch and look at what the day is and what the date is and we begin to get all flustered about what's what's going on and wanting the Lord to answer, uh, but we need to remember the Lord already is answering. Uh, we might not see it yet, uh, but, but God's in control, isn't he? And we want to remember that. Let's turn to Acts 12. Acts 12. I'm going to start at verse 1. Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. He's trying to kill the church. The two most prominent people at, the, at this very beginning of the Christian church, and he's trying to kill both of them. Wicked man. Verse 4, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four... <laughs> Hard to read when you're up here in front of a lot of people. Quaternions of soldiers to keep him. That's 16 soldiers. I looked that up. 
16 soldiers for one man, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. We don't know exactly how many days this is, but Peter's in jail for a while. And there's prayer going up for him without ceasing. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. And usually in this situation, one soldier has chains, and then he's bound to Peter, and the other soldier is bound to Peter on the other side. So you have two soldiers, both bound to Peter, to make sure if he tries anything, they'll, get, they'll wake up if they fall asleep. Bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now let's keep in mind, this is when Herod is about to take Peter. This is not days before Herod is about to take Peter. This is when Herod is about to take Peter. You follow? God is always on time. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the, in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. On time. If it would have been another day, Peter would have already been beheaded. But it, it was on time. The Lord's always on time. So as we, as we pray, as the church did for Peter, if we don't see results, does that mean we stop? Does that mean we just give up hope? No. Does that mean we might feel like it? Maybe. Maybe. But we can't. The Lord is our helper. Where else would we go? So, most of us don't live where there's hurricanes. But a you know, hurricane's a storm, last time I checked. And um, I looked up some guidance for what to do in a hurricane. First thing it says, make a plan. It's a good idea. Probably don't want to just wait for the hurricane to show up and then decide what to do, right? Make a plan. Write down emergency numbers. And more current, just get it in your phone. But, you know. Emergency supply kit. Locate your nearest shelter. Know the difference between a watch and a warning. Warnings are more serious, in case you didn't know. Watch is, you know, watch for it. Warning is get out. Get your vehicle ready. Get your home ready. Be ready to evacuate. As I was reading through this, I heard another sermon coming through my head, but I'm not going there. But we want to be ready, don't we? For a tornado. Be prepared. First thing they say, be prepared. Fresh batteries, batteries for TV, radio, internet-enabled devices, emergency plan, emergency kit, list of numbers, stay aware, stay aware of weather conditions, know where to shelter. It's kind of similar. We need to be prepared. The storms are coming. You know, God has a plan. It says make a plan. The plan's already been made. It's called salvation first. Uh, we must, you must be all, we must be born again. 
It's, it's just that's plainly stated from Jesus himself. We must follow the plan. When the storms come, if we're saved, we have Jesus to run to. The other part of his plan, once you're saved, you're in the family of God. I can't tell you how important that is. Go through some storms. Ask for prayer. Have people tell you they're praying that you never even asked. Go through something hard and wonder how you're getting it from day to day. It's the family of God. Don't take that lightly. Amen. That's part of our plan. That's part of God's plan. Fellowship. Worshiping with the saints. This is part of the plan. Coming to church. There's people in here that... I, I can guarantee you there's people in here that are in a storm. It's a good place to be. What's our emergency kit? This is a big part of it right here. The Word of God. We want to get it in our heart. We want to have those promises that are in here at the tip of our tongue. When we're discouraged and we feel like we can't pray, we want to have these these in our in our heart. Close Christian friends, people we can call. It says to have a list of important numbers. If we hit our knees, that's all. That's, there is no number we need. Just get on our knees and pray. He's always available. You won't get voicemail. And he's always got the answer. We want to be aware of the conditions. We want to develop a prayer life that is strong enough that when the storms come, we've already got a pattern set. Amen? So here's here's a few. I'm not going to be able to read these because I don't want to go too long. But if you have a pencil, or if you want to watch this later, here's three very useful promises that you can find. They're just good good things. Part of our emergency kit, Psalm 142. This is, David was in a cave, hiding from Saul. Psalm 142. Psalm 121 is another good one. And Lamentations 3. 22 through 26. You should have those in your emergency kit. You know, storms have benefits. There's a benefit that comes from a storm. So, the seed dispersal. So, you have in Florida, there is now trees that are growing in Florida from the Caribbean islands because of hurricanes. Made me think of the early church when the storm, big storms came, persecution. The church was dispersed and the gospel was spread. Building up of coastal islands over time, beaches erode. Storm surge builds coastal beaches. Well, our faith, 
needs to be built up sometimes. And the best way to build up our faith is to go through something. Ecological secession. This is where canopies are toppled over so light can get to vegetation underneath. Cares and distractions. Things that kind of get into our life over time. That storm comes through and we realize what's really important. We, 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 the, our whole focus changes from all those other things and the light of God comes down and really, if we if were honest with ourselves, the light comes in and we see where we're lacking and we see how much we need the Lord and how much of that other stuff doesn't really matter. You're in the right place if you're going through a storm tonight. Hold on. Hold on. I have, uh, I hear from some in the choir and orchestra a lot. And uh, I know there's a lot of people going through a storm. And uh, we, we need to lift each other up. No one can do this alone. The devil wants us to isolate ourselves. He doesn't want you to call a friend. He doesn't want you to ask for prayer. To make that phone call. He wants you to think that no one will really care. Call. If you haven't seen someone for a while, call them. Maybe they're feeling isolated. These storms are real. I've been through many myself. When someone reaches out, it means something. If you're not in a storm, it's time to prepare. If you're not saved, what a start. What a start. You're in a storm if you're not saved. You're right in the middle of one. And Jesus can say, peace be still. Immediately tonight for you. If you want that. He won't make you wait. Strengthen uh, your relationships not only with God, but with each other. We're in this together. It's the family of God. We always want to remember that Jesus the one who speaks peace to our storms. We never want to let go of him. Let's hold on to him together. Let's realize that there's power in prayer, not only for ourselves, but one for another. And we'll expect the Lord to answer prayer. We'll expect him to carry people through, and we want to hear victory on the other side. The song is 693. Won't you come and pray?